Well, this evening we are reading on in Psalm 119. Now, there are Bibles on our tables. Um, if you're familiar with a Bible, you might know that Psalm is, Psalms are fairly near the middle. So if you kind of open the Bible in the middle, you hit Psalms usually and then rewind or fast forward to up to 119. If you want a page number, we're on page 618. 618. The reference is on the wall here. It's Psalm 119, 33 to 48 that we're going to read in a moment. Now, this psalm is an interesting psalm because um, they, had a, they had letters, of course, in their language. There's 22 letters in their language and in Hebrew. And it's each um, section of the psalm is... Each line begins with the same letter of the alphabet. So um, if in our language, it would have to have 26 sections. And of the first section, each line, each of the eight parts there of the first section would begin with the letter A. Well, it's a different language, and so they're different letters. But we've now got to um, this letter that verse starts at verse 33. And each of these eight verses from 33 to 40 begin with the same letter. He is the way that it's transliterated for us. He. And then war is the, uh, the next of the letters. And as we read it, you might want to spot how this is split into, well, two themes in these two parts the first part is about, well, it includes verses about the way, which way. And the second part is about what we say. So that's easy to remember, isn't it? Way and say. And so this first part, as we read it, verses 33 to 40, you might want to try to spot in here where there's a kind of road that branches and uh, see where it talks about negative things. I don't want to go that way and where it talks about positive things. I want to go this way. Let's read it together. Verse 33 to verse 40 of Psalm 119, page 618. Teach me, Lord, the way of your decrees, that I may follow it to the end. Give me understanding so that I may keep your law and obey it with all my heart. Direct me in the path of your commands, for there I find delight. Turn my heart towards your statutes and not towards selfish gain. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. Fulfill your promise to your servant so that you may be feared. Take away the disgrace I dread for your laws are good. How I long for your precepts. In your righteousness, preserve my life. That's verse 40. We'll read the next part in just a moment. Well, I don't know if you spotted through that passage different references and to a way, to a route, to a path. 
It seems that there's a, there's a, a branching road in front of the writer and he is crying out for God for help. Because he wants to go the way that God would indicate. He doesn't want to go the way that ends up, well, somewhere else, somewhere broken. I remember once uh, being on a road and uh, it was a dark night. I was in the mountains and it was a place that was on the verge of civil war. And I had been driving for some time now and the track had becoming narrower and narrower. And I wanted to reach a friend who was in quite a rough city. And finally, as I got on up this path, I got waved down by men holding guns. And they said, you don't want to go up there. There's fighting. There's good. It's dangerous. If you carry on up there, you're going to be in trouble. And you want to, you want to go up this other road over here. And I had this choice to make. Would I go this way or would I go that way? Would I believe these people or would I not and go that way? And you and me, every day, we have choices like that. Just this morning, I was talking to a friend just where you're sitting there. And he was saying to me, well, Andy, if that's what tonight's about, well, I kind of have that situation every day. And I said, well, I think I do too. Every day, I have the possibility of going one way or the other, a broken way or a beautiful way. Which way am I going to choose? And this psalm, well, part of it is this writer crying out to God that he would follow the way of God's decrees. See that in verse 33? Follow the way of God's decrees that I may follow it to the end. You see, going God's way is a way that goes places. Going God's way is a way that makes sense, not just for a lifetime, but on into eternity itself. And so he's crying out to God. You see in verse 34, he's saying, God, give me understanding. And then in verse 35, he says, direct me in the path. Again, that, that picture of a way. Are you going to go this way or are you going to go that way? And the psalmist is crying out to God, God, direct me in the path that is your path. Because your path, in verse 35, your path is the path of delight. What a beautiful word. We kind of cheapen it. You know, we say Turkish delight. <laughs> it's good, but it's not that good. <laughs> and this is about life in fullness, life where you're connected to the God of heaven. I want to go that way because it fills my heart. It brings joy. It brings delight. And the psalmist knows it. And he's saying, God, direct me in that direction. In verse 36, he's talking about his heart being turned away from another direction. You see that in verse 36, he says, Turn my heart towards your statutes and not towards selfish gain. You know, I think that our hearts are kind of hardwired towards seeking selfish gain. And the psalmist knew it. His heart was like my heart perhaps like your heart, where it's hardwired to go, well, what's going to be the best for me out of this? And he knows that actually if he's going for the best for himself out of this, it's going to be a broken, disappointing kind of route. 
And he's saying, God, change my heart. Turn my heart. Change the direction of my heart so that I'm going instead in your direction. Turn it away from wanting selfish gain. And verse 37, well, he's saying, turn my eyes. Interesting. He talks about his heart being turned. He's talking about his eyes. You know, I don't know if you've ever had a go on a horse pretty hard to drive those things some of you might be able to do it but uh, somebody explained to me once look Andy you just point the eyes in the place where you want to go and that's where the horse goes and actually the psalmist knows that that's what we're like too that if our eyes are going in a direction soon everything else is going to follow and so the psalmist is crying out to God again he's saying look turn my eyes Away from worthless things. Those things I'm normally staring at, wanting, longing for. He says, God, turn my eyes away from those things. You know, maybe some of us are having struggles with what our eyes are looking at. There's so, we can look at anything tonight at all you could ever imagine. Violence, sex, all sorts of things. And maybe we need to say to God, look, turn my eyes away from those things, please. I can't do it myself. I need your help. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Because he knows in verse 37 that if his eyes are turned away from worthless worthless things, then his life will be preserved. You see that? Preserve my life according to your word then he says in verse 38 fulfill your promise to your servant and this whole prayer is actually about the glory of God you see that at the end of verse 38 he says look if you by your intervention by your answering this prayer that you would bring me to that place of delight that you turn me away from selfish gain that you turn me away from worthless things that you'd preserve my life then if I'm heading in that direction that leads to the forever that is beautiful then well You'll be feared. You'll be honored. You will receive the glory. We won't. God will. And that is what the psalmist's life is about. Or at least that's what he's praying his life would become about. That he, the God of heaven, would be feared. And then in verse 39 he says, Take away the disgrace I dread, for your laws are good. Good. Then in verse 40, how I long for your precepts, preserve my life. You know, this is a message for me tonight. It's perhaps a message for you. It's a message, I think, for perhaps for each of us. You know, there's going to be moments tonight where there is this path opened up in front of us and we could go left or we could go right. We could go the way that leads to brokenness and disappointment and despair or we could go the way that is God's beautiful, delightful, glorious way that brings him honor. And actually, each moment of our lives, each decision that we make, well, which way are we going to turn? And each decision is vitally important. You know, you might think, oh, I just don't have the power to make those right decisions, you know. I don't have the power to go that way. Well, that's what tonight is all about. 
that Jesus has died and risen from the dead, ascended to the highest place, poured out his spirit on all who call on his name. Because by his power, we can live in this way. We can live victoriously. We read together earlier, didn't we? He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We can go that way by the power of God at work in your life, by his Holy Spirit empowering you. And that's why the psalmist has written this. He knows the secret isn't to try and force himself to try and sort his life out. It's, he knows it's all about crying out to God for his power and for his enabling to go the glorious, delightful way that God has prepared for him. Well, that is the section that's about way. And this next section is about what we say. <laughs> what we say. Let's read verses 41 to verse 48. May your unfailing love come to me, Lord, your salvation according to your promise. Then I can answer anyone who taunts me, for I trust in your word. Never take your word of truth from my mouth, for I have put my hope in your laws. I will always obey your law forever and ever. I will walk about in freedom, for I have sought out your precepts. I will speak of your statutes before kings and will not be put to shame. For I delight in your commands because I love them. I reach out for your commands which I love that I may meditate on your decrees. What a beautiful opener there as we read verse 41 you read that. We could read it again. May your unfailing love come to me, Lord, your salvation according to your promise. You know, tonight we've been celebrating God's unfailing love coming to us in a way that is more profound and glorious than the psalmist could ever have dreamed. He came himself, Jesus himself, showing God's unfailing love, his salvation, just as he promised, but far bigger than anyone could have imagined when they heard those promises but the psalmist says if you come to me by your unfailing love then I will be able to answer you see he's talking about what he can say he's saying I'll then be able to answer those who taunt me that's in verse 42 in verse 43 he says never take the word of truth from my mouth he's speaking about God's word Never take it from my mouth. And then he says, and further down in verse 45, I will walk about in freedom, for I have sought out your precepts. Now, that's very interesting. It was very helpful what Dan said to us this morning. Listen back to the podcast if you weren't here. It was brilliant. But again, we've got this question of how does freedom come? Because this passage seems to speak of law and it seems to speak of precepts and statutes. I thought all of that actually restricts people. And how can it, in the middle of this passage, about law and statutes and precepts, suddenly talk about freedom? 
I saw a funny sketch once. It was um, people who were wanting to liberate animals and uh, not taking the mick out of you if, you if you want to bring freedom to animals. But these particular animal liberators were not on the right path. They walked into a restaurant where there was a big fish tank and they had um, hammers and, and golf clubs. And they ran in and they said, smashed the tank open and all these fish fell out on the floor, flapping around the floor. And they stood back and they said, you're free, go, go, you're free now. And of course, they weren't particularly free because now they were outside of the environment in which the world worked for them and they were, were going to die. And the psalmist knows that actually we're all in different frameworks of thinking. We're all in different um, ways of deciding what we're going to do And that the only one that resonates with how life really works are those things that God has said. And actually, they bring freedom, what God says. And if you want to be living in beautiful freedom, walking about in freedom, as this verse says, the only way we'll be there is if we are connected with the God of heaven, living in the environment that he creates for those who call on his name and live in relationship with him in obedience to him. And the psalmist knows that, that freedom comes actually by living in connection, in obedience with the God of heaven. One more verse from this passage, he says, I will speak of your statutes before kings and I will not be put to shame. You know, sometimes you meet somebody and they seem so important and you think, how could I ever say anything to them? Well, the psalmist didn't feel like that. He knew that he was connected to the God of heaven because he was living in relationship with him through the revelation of God to him. And so he knew that he would have what to say to those kings and those mighty characters. It's a beautiful psalm, isn't it? Some of us this week are going to have great opportunities. And there's going to be moments where we feel almost pressured and pushed down. Should I name Jesus? Should I speak of him? Well, this psalm is telling us that we can. And this psalm is a prayer you could read in the morning, perhaps, that you'd answer anyone who taunts you, that the word of truth would stay on your mouth, that you would speak of God before kings and not be put to shame. So, two sections. The way that you may be feared and to say. Because if we are speaking out living in connection with the God of heaven, we walk about in freedom. You know, I find it really helpful when we have a moment to talk around our tables. And so we're going to do that now. And uh, here's three questions, and perhaps you could just choose one of them to talk about just for five minutes around your table. The first says, why from this passage is it valuable to read God's word? The second says, what tips might you give a friend who wants to want to read the Bible? And thirdly, how does this passage inspire us to be bold in speaking out about Jesus? So choose one of those and just talk for a few moments around our tables And then we're going to have some time to pray for each other around our tables too.